Hello, everybody. Welcome to Babylon with the boys. I am Spencer Fleming, and I started my morning off right this morning by tripping all the way down a full flight of stairs while listening to Atlanta Morissette's Ironic. And I'm Karst Gervais, and I have one hand in my pocket, and the other one is finalizing my list. So here we go. Ooh, that was good. Oh, I didn't know you were going to do that one. That's good. To- Today we're ranking Alanis Morissette music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Today is a very special day. It is very we special. Get to, we get to hop back in time to, um, to the time when Spencer accidentally made his list of scores. Ah. It's supposed to be about soundtracks. You, if you've been a dedicated listener, you know I made a oopsie. A couple me episodes a, back. Me a little whoopsie, but this is the child of his whoopsie. This is the the <laughs> accidental child um that is like all birthed from that. Like all yeah. like all children. Like <laughs> all good children. Like all Accident, good children. Accidents make miracles or they just make mistakes. Who knows? It's a controversial yeah. topic. Um uh, I don't I think we should just but before we get to the list of scores, Spence, yes. how are you doing, man? I am cooking. Okay, I'm going to take... Do you mind if I take this time to do, like, a quick little tangent? Because it, it's just kind of been sitting in my soul for the past couple of days. Uh, y- yeah. Yeah, okay. tangent. Tangent, man. I'll try to be quick. Um, This is actually involving music. Again, oh, what an episode. But um, I always kind of knew that, like, my favorite album of all time was, like, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. That's, like, my favorite album of all time. Yeah. Um, And I always knew that To Pimp a Butterfly was my second favorite album of all time. But throughout the five years since it's come out, because it came out in 2015, um, like, I'd slowly started forgetting why it was my second favorite album of all time and wait, wait what what's your second favorite album uh to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar okay yeah keep going um and i was like oh this is i'm because i i heard it at a time when i was not listening to like current music i was like 14 and i had decided to enclose myself in a bubble that was not related to what was happening currently <laughs> and then this album came out. I was like, everyone's like, oh, you gotta listen to this thing. And it just like blew my little head at the time. And then flash forward, I'm like, I, I had forgotten why it was so awesome. And then I was like, oh, oh, that's why. Because I listened to it again a couple of days ago. And holy man, that, that album is just crazy. It's crazy. It's different. It's experimental. The last track is insane. They have like an interview with Tupac on it. I don't even know how they did that, but it's like it sounds like he's actually having a conversation with them. It's oh. it's an insane album. Yeah, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's it's very. I don't think I've listened to the. I haven't listened to the album like as as like you sit down and listen to the whole album. But I've probably heard some. What what are some some of the top tracks on that one? Yeah, um, for sure. I think some of my personal favorites um, are Hood Politics. Uh, the closing track, Mortal Men, is 
is crazy to me. Um, another one I really like is All Right. Everyone kind of knows that one. That was kind of like the... Oh, All Right, yeah, the, yeah. The anthem for the, you know, the current movement, even. Um, so I love that one. Um, every track on here is good. Is uh, that the, the one that thing. has um, King Kunta? Yeah, King Kunta's on that one as well. Yeah, my girlfriend loves that song. I, I lo- really like it as well. Yeah. Um, if you have the chance, just go through and listen to it as like a full body of work. Because obviously, the singles off of it are great. Like you can listen to them individually. But if you just go through and just kind of experience it, it's amazing. I mean, you kind of have to be paying attention because there's there's a lot of detail. It's very detail oriented. But yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about that real quick because it was it was damn good listening to that again. Uh, anywho, 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 Carson, what? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm chilling like a villain. Um, speaking of, I'm wearing my, I'm wearing a Dookie shirt. That was one of my favorite shirts. The the Green Day album. Green Day. Speaking of great albums, um, what? I want to I want to step back a little bit. What What's on that Michael Jackson album? What was that one? That you oh, saw? off the wall. Off the wall. What's on What's on that one? Cause... well, you got. You got off the wall, obviously the title track. Off the wall, yes. Um, and then the whole, the rest of the album is just comprised of these like, kind of post disco bangers. You got, you know, yeah, it's like so good. Um, one of one of my favorites is oh, you know what one you know from there? Well, well, well don't stop, don't stop till you get enough. Don't, oh, don't stop yeah, till you get enough yeah. is on that album. That's... Rock reviews on that album. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's a tight album. Like there's not a track on there that I that I dislike or think could be different. Like everything on that that album is is insane to me. Um I th- I'm trying to think of another one of my favorites cuz like there's there's a couple cuts on there that I feel like don't get enough like playing time. Hmm. Um oh, oh, I can't help it. I can't help it. That's oh. the song. Yeah, I think That's... I've heard of that. One. I've heard that one too. Um Yeah. A really good song um, by Michael Jackson. That's also with, it's the one with him and Paul McCartney called um, The Girl Is Mine. Oh, The Girl Is Mine, yeah. That's an that's an underrated song that I, I've always had a little a little bit of appreciation for. That's that's an iconic one. They did that one and then they did the, uh, they did a different one too. Oh. They did a diff- another song together. Oh, it's say, say, say. What you want, but don't play games with my affection. Yeah, it was a whole thing. But oh. I, yeah, they did. A, they had a couple of little, little couple collab little. bangers. Ooh, beautiful. Um, I rewatched Star Wars Rogue One. I've been on kind of a Star Wars kick. Oh, um, because I've started playing Jedi Fallen Order. Um, just to take a totally left turn from, from. Michael Jackson and Kendrick Lamar to talk about Star Wars, but yeah, um, watch Rogue One. It was really good, like better than I remember. And Jedi Fallen Order has just been a really good game so far. It's been difficult. It's a difficult game, but it's, yeah, I've heard. Um, it's been fun to play. Uh, what else? I watched um, my girlfriend is from South Africa. Roxanne's from South Africa. So, um, shout out to Roxanne. We watched Escape from Pretoria. 
which was on Prime. It's the yeah. um, Pretoria is the the I'm pretty sure it's the capital of South Africa, but it's also where she was from. She lived oh, wow. in Pretoria like for um all of her life. So, well, not most of her life. She was born in Cape Town, went to Pretoria. And we watched this movie because we were like, oh, we got we to gotta see if they do the accents right. Because Daniel Radcliffe was in it. Oh, really? And we were like, maybe Daniel Radcliffe like, can do a really good. He couldn't. It was kind of weird. But it was about like, <laughs> it was a prison break movie. Um, so it was, it was cool. It was a cool, cool little movie. It was all right. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. Okay. I've been chilling. Okay. Chilling. Chilling. Like but a villain. Today. Today's the day. Today we, is the day. It's racing day. It's racing day. As the backyardigans uh, say. Yeah. As the backyardigans say? All right. Yeah. Um, your backyard friends. Um, that's, my number one. that's my number one. Just spoil it right now. <laughs> the backyard. The score for backyardigans. Kind of honestly, one. I wouldn't even dislike it. Like <laughs> that castaway song. Castaways. We are castaways. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there. Oh, boy. I like, oh. I started, um, I started doing my shoulders like this. I was like, oh, okay. Ooh, do shoulders like Yeah. Do shoulders um, like this. <laughs> So um, next week we're doing a, a full length. We're just gonna do an episode of the Backyardians, but just radio style. Yeah. Um, Spencer Definitely. will do all the singing for us. It'll be it'll be brilliant. So tune in for that. Um, do you, you want to do that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, okay. We're gonna get into the into the top five here. Um, should we should we lay down the law? Lay down the rules? Yeah, um, if you're new, you're just tuning in, you probably didn't want to listen to us speak for a bunch of time, but you know what? Sorry, you probably just want to hear the list, but you know what? We're getting into it now. Um, We have a very specific way that we do things here, and essentially, it works like this. Um, We both go down the list, working our way from number five to number one, and we take turns. So Carson will say his number five, I will say my number five. If his number five, for example, is on my list, but it's at a lower number, then I will say check, and we will save that conversation for when it's on my list. If it's not on my list, I will say zoink. It's a zoink for me, and that means it's not on my list, and he can t- he's free to talk about what he wants to talk about. I'm free. Free fall. Uh, free fall. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. That was great. Let's get into number five. All right. Yes, sir. Who should say their number five first? Who would you like to say? Do you want to rock, paper, scissors for it? Um, no, I don't think it's necessary. That's good. Because neither. All right. You know what? I'm just going to. I'm just going to start. I'll start. Yes. My number five. Yes. My number Cinco, my Cinco. Um, <laughs> this composer has kind of brought in a new wave of of music to movies. It's brought in a new kind of flavor, um, a new kind of spice. 
that only he can do, and it's Hans Zimmer, and ah, yeah. and it's Inception. 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 It's a zoink for me, Scoops. Yeah. I, I know. But it was it kind of like a, a last-minute pick. I was trying to spread the love around a little bit and oh, yeah. not have – not have too many of of you know who on here. He who shall not be named. <laughs> um, yes. You could fill a whole list with that guy, and it would be like it could be your whole list, and I couldn't I couldn't argue that. But exactly anyway, if you don't Hans know who Zimmer, he is, if you don't know who he is, we'll definitely get to him later. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him later. We'll get to him a couple times. Um. So Inception, of course, it's iconic for the for the that it does. That was at the beginning of every trailer. That was oh, yeah. um very. It, it's overplayed now. It's kind of um joke. It's kind of a joke now, but at the time and at the and in the Inception movie, it creates this like epic feel to the whole thing. This like um desperation for um this desperation this like bombastic this is this is of a whole other world of a whole nother realm which of course the dream realm of inception and um inception is a really tense movie and it's only amplified by the great score that Hans Zimmer's put into this and um i i think even though it's become a joke now i think it was pretty revolutionary to use like more techno more um he i think what he did don't quote me on this i think what he did is he actually made it um through computers made the whole score through like um synth music and through that kind of stuff and then he took that and he recreated it with an orchestra you're you're correct i'm pretty sure that's what happened yeah so this it gives this really cool feeling of like um that classical kind of feel that yeah that um like that beautiful that booming nature that you get from that you get from a live orchestra but that like techno synth that you get from um modern music yeah um and yeah really good score and I love the movie. I love the movie that's with. So of course it helps that <laughs> that it, does help. that it is lifted up by such a great movie. Yeah, I think what what's cool about Hans Zimmer is he he's kind of thrown away like traditional uh, kind of how you do a score. Like scores used to all be about like kind of building on melodies and like uh, lay motifs or light motifs, and like he's kind of ditched the the rhythmic and melody side of it and decided to like create worlds instead. Like his, his music is, it's a soundscape. Mm-hmm. It's like a soundscape for the film. It's like almost like ambience and it's kind of paved this new way for like uh, scores, which I think is, is interesting. And like in, the way he's kind of scored Inception, it's like very specific to that world and it, it fits so well. So yeah, I, I, I respect this, this decision. Mm-hmm. Your number five pick. Thank you, man. What, Spencer, what is your number five? Ooh, 
What's my number five? It's from a little little movie. Maybe you didn't hear of it. It came out in 2002. <coughs> Spider-Man. <coughs> By oh. Danny Elfman. Um, Ooh, that is, that is a zoink. That's a zoink? Okay. The theme for... The, it's one of the best, I think, superhero themes I've ever heard in my life. It is insanely good. Like, it sounds so specific to Spider-Man alone. And to me, it's like the ultimate Spider-Man theme to the point where, like, I bought the video game and, like, was playing the video game and I would, like, have the soundtrack from Spider-Man, like, playing over it. Just because it's, like, it's so, like, synonymous with Spider-Man to me. Um, Wow. it's, It's, like, really quiet and kind of, like, almost like a play sometimes, especially with, like, kind of, like, uh peter and mj's love theme it's kind of like this nice like flowing and then it will get like epic when it needs to like that final swing is so satisfying when you hear that like like it's it's just going at you know it's just it's crazy um this 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 score is is insane danny elfman is quite the talent i i was gonna pick between uh because he did Batman as well. Yeah, um, he did do Batman. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna decide like which one between the two that I like more. And then I rewatched uh, Ang Lee's Hulk film, which is not oh. exactly everyone's favorite. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but the score in that is amazing because it's by Danny Elfman. So like, it's accompanying this kind of movie. It's yeah. a but like the score is is friggin' incredible. Like it's it's the incredible Hulk, one might say. So I was like kind of deciding between those three because those are kind of my favorite of his scores. And I had to go with Spider-Man simply because I don't know. I just don't I don't think another theme has made me feel as much like this is this world. Like it fits Raimi's universe so well. And there's like so many layers to it. Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's even like almost like a a kind of like jazz song that's played like with guitar strings but you also got these like kind of congos that come in when he's like drawing a suit or whatever just like planning how it's gonna look and stuff and it's like oh, there's, just, <laughs> there's just so many layers to this score and it's that's why it's my top five it's in my top five right there that i didn't really think of of spider-man when it came to the when it came to laying out the scores i didn't really think of to be honest i didn't really think of danny elfman i probably should have thought a little bit more deeply about danny elfman maybe if i did maybe batman will have gone on here or something like that um but danny elfman is of course a frequent frequent collaborator with tim burton and so yes i i love all of those and um he is also the voice of jack skellington if you didn't know He's the he's the singing voice of Jack Skellington, which is beautiful, beautiful voice in in um Nightmare Before Christmas. But very impressive. Yeah. Really like Spider Man, really like that score. I really like how it there was a little bit of melodrama in it. Yeah. Which was interesting and I and fit with the with this with the whole world that was created pretty pretty well 
Yeah, because the, especially the first two movies, it's essentially a soap opera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about it's like it's a comic book, but it's a soap. It's really what it is, mm-hmm. and like the quieter moments of that score, just like it almost reminds you of like days of our lives and stuff like that, but like in yeah. its own little contained world. Because it's it's like these like crazy things happening to these kind of like regular people's kind of the take they they put on it. So it's like feels very soap opery, like. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just really brilliant what he did with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a Young and the Restless guy, but I like Young and the Restless too. Who doesn't like Young and the Restless? Who doesn't like Young and the Restless? Um, or or I like to call it sometimes the old and the useless. That's the old... <laughs> that's another. <laughs> that's an alternate about title. The, the cast or the demographic of who's watching it. <laughs> um. Either one. I the 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 TV show has been running for like fifty years, so this is true. Maybe the TV show as itself, but you know, um, yeah. should we get to our number four? Before, I think I think we should. I think we, we should go off about soap operas too much. <laughs> Coronation Street. Uh, yeah, let's get to our number four. Let's, let's get to our number. Four. Let's get to it. Number four. Here we are. We are here. My number four is um, it's an iconic horror theme. Oh, dear. <laughs> it, is, it is John Carpenter's Halloween theme. I, I thought so, yeah. What, is it on your list? It's a zoink. It's a it's zoink. A, it's, it's a, a zoink. zoink. But... Funny enough, I don't have any horror themes on here, but if I were to put one on, that would be my favorite. Oh, okay. I got I got one on another one on here that's kind of a horror theme. Okay. But this is the this but, is the um, iconically horror horror theme right here. It's the it's the one that sends chills down your spine and um kind of Oh, it's so good. I think it kind of ushered in the whole thing that we're in today, where it's like the whole um, jump scare, yeah, jump scare craze, because it has this like very high pitch, um, very, very high noted um, theme of just creepiness and following, and um, it has those kind of like jumps in it, but of course, yeah. not as much as usual, and it's always. Um, it's always warranted in this movie, which I really appreciate. It's always, um, it always feels, it always feels right. Yeah. It's, it's one hell of like a mood setter. Yes. That, that score. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I can still remember, I remember the first time I watched this was actually in film <clears throat> class. The first time I watched Halloween. Oh, wow. Um, we watched it like our whole class was gathered around on I was we were on those stupid plastic chairs. Um <laughs> This is back in high school. It was back in high school, yeah. Um and we had it on the projector and we we started playing it. And it's that and right from the beginning it stuck in my mind that vision of the of the um the jack liner, the the pumpkin. And yeah, the 
the opening credits, the Halloween and then the opening credits with this, this theme accompanying it. It just stuck in my mind being like, oh, crap, this is going to be this is going to be something scary. This is going to be. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to deal with this, but I'm going to stick with it because because I'm in high school. I don't want to I don't want to. I don't want to chicken out, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Because at this time, you criticized. Yeah, I don't want to be criticized. I think I was about like thirteen at this time. Oh Jesus! And okay, if you if you're scared now, you must have been a little mixed back then. Yeah, well, yeah, I kind of went through a phase where I was like in the middle of high school, where I was like, I'm afraid of nothing, and then I saw for <laughs> and then I was like, I'm afraid of everything. Um, oh, that's the spirit. Yeah, that's the spirit. And then, um, but great movie, great score. And right from the beginning, I have that stuck in my mind where it completely set this, set the mood for this, um, thrill ride of a movie. It's so good. And it's, it's funny because it's like one of those things that, um, that theme to me has actually become like joined with the theme for just the holiday of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when I think of Halloween as, like, a holiday and as a season, that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. That, and for some reason, Season of the Witch. But <laughs> I can't explain why. And I think it's because I like every kid's slightly spooky movie for the past 20 years has used Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. I, I, and of course, it helps as accompanied with a fantastic movie yeah essential viewing every halloween this is probably every halloween and again this is probably the second horror movie ever i watched oh wow um the first one was saw about uh, a year, oh yeah about a year prior um <laughs> but this is how do you feel about that one i I was pretty scared by it, but it was also like, it was all right. It wasn't, I, I watched it and afterwards I was like, okay, maybe I can do horror movies. But then I just didn't, I didn't watch any more horror movies, but then I watched Halloween and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great movie. Like I need to watch more horror movies. And then I kind of got on, got on that train when I was about 13, but this is a, this was, this is what introduced me to that, to that genre of, of music and genre of movies. So, <laughs> the, so. the creepy crawlies, the spooky scaries. Yeah. Great, great movie. And John Carpenter is a great director. And it, you can feel that like connection between the, because he directs and composes. You can feel that connection there. Right. But Spencer, what's your number four? Um, my number four is something that will be on no one's list because, God damn it, no one remembers this movie, and that just makes me upset. What, what is it, Spencer? What? It's it's the Mask of Zorro, nineteen ninety eight, James Horner. Oh. I I remember that movie. I love that movie. Yes, everyone has forgotten about that movie, and it just makes me so upset. Like, when I go about my daily activities, while I'm washing the dishes, while I'm 
punching bad guys in the face and stealing away pretty girls. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm not thinking about the victories. I'm not thinking about the losses. I'm thinking about the mask of Zorro. That's what I'm thinking about. God damn it. That movie is amazing and no one talks about it anymore. And the accompanying score for said movie is just as amazing. Holy cannoli. This this score is like pretty and it's epic. It has this like swashbuckler, but Spanish swashbuckler feel to it. It's just, it's awesome. The guitar in it, the, the swelling strings, the, the horns that come in every once in a while, and just kind of accent what the strings was saying. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And if you haven't seen this movie, shame on you. Boo. Boo to you, sir. I, I really like Mask of Zora as a film. Like, it's it's a zoink, but it is a really good film, and I do like Antonio Banderas, um, Anthony Hopkins, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Great cast, great movie, but I don't really remember the score. Really? It's... If you listen to it, like, just independently, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I can give some examples. Um if people haven't heard or seen the movie of like, maybe if you want to just check out the soundtrack, yeah, sure. give some, some, some good tracks off there that I thought really represented what the film was all about. Uh, yeah, obviously Zorro's theme is fire. Um, no pun intended because there's a, there's a fire in the movie. Um, <laughs> um the fencing mm-hmm. lesson is really good. Hmm. Uh, Diego's goodbye. All right. The confession. I'll, I'll have to go back and either watch this movie and just like have all the dialogue turned off and just listen to the listen to the soundtrack, or maybe I'll just go back and listen to the soundtrack. Good. But I'm 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 excited to revisit this with with the with the added sentiment that this is one of your favorite scores. Yeah, it's so good. And this is one of the, like, rare movies. They don't do this anymore in movies. But, like, remember there was a period where you used to end your movie off with a friggin' pop song playing over the credits after something awesome just happened. And that's how you said goodbye to your favorite characters. What happened to that? I want to see an Avengers movie just end with, like, some awesome pop song that they made for the movie. They don't do it anymore. They do it in this. It's unnecessary. It's kind of silly, but damn it, it just, it's just, it feels so 1995 to 2005 that I can't hate it. The last film that I can remember that happening in, like vividly, it's probably Venom. Venom that, did that. Because you're right. The Eminem song? Yeah. Venom. 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 Yeah, that, that. Yeah. Uh, you know who else did it? Who? Okay, for some reason, I guess Sony really likes doing this because I'm pretty sure uh, the Mask of Zora was Sony as well. But uh, <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man Two has it. What? Like? Yeah, after it ends and Spider-Man's like swinging his little spinny uh, manhole cover at the Rhino, and then like cuts to black. What a cliffhanger! Because we'll never see what happens after that. Um, there's like the song starts up 
and like Kendrick Lamar is just like going ham for like 30 seconds. And then it just like changes completely to just Alicia Keys singing this nice little ballad with like, I was like, oh, it's actually a good song. Like I, I listened to that today. It's pretty good. But yeah, they just, they don't do it as much anymore. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Should we, should we continue on to our, to our top three? Yes, let's migrate. Let's migrate. Shall we? Number three. My number three. <laughs> there, I put it above Halloween because there wouldn't be Halloween without this score. Mm-hmm. By good old JW, John Williams. It is, it is mm. Jaws. Bum, 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 what an iconic piece of music you're going you're going for everything that makes sense and i respect this because my list is going to be a little wonky well of of course it makes sense it's 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 everything it's the iconic (laughs) jaws is everything (laughs) it's that iconic build-up music they use for like anything sneaking up on you like whenever Mm -hmm. you're like I'm sneaking up on you. It's boom, boom, boom. That like go. It it's it's everywhere. It's in your head always and forever. You if you if you haven't even yeah. seen the movie, you know this piece of music. There there's a couple. There's a handful of scores that have defined a genre, defined. Uh, defined a whole segment of society. Yes. And this is one of them. This is one of them, good sir. I can't argue with this pick. It's freaking it's incredible. <laughs> it's it's so simple and it's so effective. It's... Like the, the simplicity. Mm-hmm. But it's it's what you need. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like that the music is just as much of a character as Jaws is in the it, movie. It is like Jaws. It's it's like Jaws's best friend, you know? Like his best friend's like, Jaws is coming, man. Y'all better run, man. He's coming. Mm-hmm. He's coming. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, here he is. It's, like, it's, it's, it's great. his hype, man. Yeah, it's his hype, man. <laughs> the music is Jaws. It's Flavor Flav. That's... <laughs> that, is, that is what we've decided. And it's this yeah. beautiful mix of, like, scary, like, Jaws is coming to get you with, like, this mystery of, like, what is this thing? Um... Yeah. And with this adventure, like the adventure theme when they're on the when they're on the boat and they're like going out adventuring like it's so it's so upbeat it's so like oh we're going on an adventure we're going to go kill the shark doop do 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 and like the mixture of like that with like the dreaded like like the main theme like that dreaded jaws theme. Yeah. That dreaded Bruce theme as you'd say cuz the the shark <laughs> shark's name was Bruce. If you don't know the iconic the iconic story, the yeah. the um shark was didn't work. Um, the animatronic, yeah, the animatronic shark didn't really work very well. So they had to kind of play around with that, and it made the film even better. But also, um, Steven Spielberg named the shark Bruce after his after his lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. It's a it I don't know. 
and again, Jaws is probably one of the best movies of all time. I agree. And a big part of that is this score. Like, without the score, it is not it is not one of the best movies of all time. That's true. I think it's it's one of those scores that actually makes the movie. And for me, Jaws is kind of like the movie that's like, hey, you can take like horror and kind of make it like popcorn fun mm-hmm. and make it like super marketable. Yeah. Like this can appeal to everybody. And it's like, oh, wow. So I think Spencer, what was that? Yeah. Is this not on your list? I, I don't know what you say to this is only. Maybe you did. I didn't. My brain didn't fully absorb it. Maybe I didn't say it. I don't know. It's a zoink. Spencer. And I see Carson's soul drain from his husk as we speak. You guys can't see it. But I'm actually watching it leave the top of his head right now. And uh, it looks like he's going to end our friendship live on air. What is your list, man? I told you, you're not going to like my picks. But that's the thing. Music is, it's subjective. And um, these are just, this is just what hit me. And speaking of which, you're not going to like my third oh, pick. Okay. But I think, because it's sacrilege, it's sacrilege to say what I'm about to say. Oh, okay. Wait, are you done with Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah I'm, like, done with, I'm done with Jaws. I think I've, I... I'm not sure if I, my, my brain is broken <laughs> from this. What, what, is, what is your list? What is your three? What is your number three? You're not going to like what I have to say. I don't know if you want to hear it because it's coming. It's coming at you. It's a hot take. Okay. It's a very okay. hot take. Throw me that so, hot take. So now. We all know the Rocky theme song. Oh, yeah. We all know the Rocky score. It's, it's literally iconic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not picking Rocky. I'm picking a film that I think did the music and handled it a little better oh, okay. than Rocky did. Um, I'm going with Creed. Okay. Okay. This is a very different list. Yeah, no, my list is. Out I'm not there. gonna say that it's like it's not wrong. Like, of course, it's it's like it's your list. It's your subjective picks. But I I didn't even think of Creed. I'm sorry. I I if yeah, I thought um, about it more, if I looked down like lists of all of these different scores, I kind of just went by my gut. But if I looked down the six scores, yeah. I'd probably think of Rocky. But Creed, what? wasn't even didn't even pass my mind that's a zoink of course but go ahead yeah yeah for me um it takes what rocky did and it like i don't know it's just almost prettier to me like it's so it's so amazing what they did with this score uh ludwig gornson uh, it's, it's the composer. Uh, so he composed Black Panther, and he's he's worked with uh, Childish Gambino on a lot of his music too. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, but this score to me, uh, 
it just it takes kind of what Rocky did because Rocky had this like almost like this like kind of disco twang to like the main you know ba dum ba the training the training thing da 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 yeah you know just kind of like these horns coming in and it's iconic and then even the quieter moments like the the Adrian is dying theme <laughs> as I like to call it. Uh, <laughs> well, she's not. She's she's in a coma because she was pregnant. But yeah, the Rocky series has this like iconic soundtrack, and they kind of change it a little bit for each film because they're a couple years apart. Mm-hmm. Each film's kind of set, or not set, but it's filmed a couple years apart. So they updated. Um, but you go for like Rocky One, which is very kind of seventies um, disco, and then you you like look at Four, and it's just an eighties. Uh, extravaganza, um, which I I think is actually if I had to pick my favorite soundtrack out of the Rocky series, I think I'd pick four. Um, just just because of some of the like I don't know, it just I like eighties music and it it hits it hits my soul. But Creed kind of took it taking a a page out of that book, takes kind of Rocky's theme and the elements of Rocky and like puts it into this like waltz of pianos and strings and orchestra and and then they take the character of Creed and put what they think his character would sound like musically with his leitmotif and stuff like that but also they add like hip hop and soul subtly into it the same way Rocky added kind of disco into its original theme and I think it's awesome the um the and sweet or suit i don't know the, like kind of the stuff they play during the credits i don't know what you call it i forget for some reason but um they have this awesome moment where like if you're hearing the music from creed, creed and it like slowly builds up and then it like just breaks down into this like 90s boom bat beat of what the soundtrack sounds like and it's so awesome it's so smart that they did this it's just it's it's one of my favorites it hit home for me it it um took what was great about Rocky and made its own thing, and uh, it's it's very memorable to me. Like I said, my list is crazy, and um no one else would have this exact list. And if you do, marry me. Actually, do it. Like call mm-hmm. me up. I don't care, guy or girl, no exception. If you have uh, the same list as me, come on over because I- I'll make you. I'll make you dinner. Yeah, I'll give you a little little cheese platter, <laughs> wine and dine you. Claudius Lewis reference that not anyone understands, but yeah, this is this is one of my favorites, and that's why it's at my number three. Hmm. Um. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Carson's face. Oh, that is a very original list. Like my list is probably one that a lot of people will probably have this list, maybe in the same order, maybe in a whole like switched around order. Um, but it's very, it's a very, like, this is, this is what they usually are like. These are the best. But yours is so unique and different, like a butterfly, like a, like a snowflake. <laughs> it is, it's beautiful. Um, I'm excited to see your number two and number Black one, snowflake. since you haven't, oh, you haven't checked any of mine, so. <laughs> Ow! Yeah, um. You're you're going to be no, my number two is another another what the hell's wrong with you? But it's okay because that's how I feel okay. inside, and uh, I've already I've already cried my tears 
after my ex-wife left me. So I think, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go on to number. My number two um, is another one that defined a whole genre and like just took a whole part of society. Yes. Um, by the recently passed Ennio Morricone. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. Ah, yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's a zoink, but I completely mm-hmm. agree with this pick. This is, it's iconic. It, like Jaws, is the shark. Like that score is the shark. This score yeah. is the is the Mexican standoff. Is... Oh, like it's all you think about when you think yeah. of, of this scene. Whenever, like, do you, even as a kid, when you're like, "Oh, we're gonna shoot our Nerf guns at each other. We're gonna do a standoff." You're like, "Yeah, bow, bow, I know, right? I was doing that before I even saw this movie. I don't know how. Yeah, like I knew that that was the Mexican standoff song. Yes. I think, I think subconsciously, in everyone's head, without even hearing this score. That's what the Mexican standoff is. And just no one knew how to articulate it. And then this guy came along and just went, hoo-hoo, I got you. Mm-hmm. Meow, meow. Like, it's because it's beautiful. And it's it's so iconic. It's so, it's so that. And um, it's talking about building tension with Jaws. This does that same thing. With that, like, yeah. playing with the, the silence and the, um, and the breaks in music to have those like those like really interesting sounds like whips cracking and like oh yeah um like all these like animal sounds and stuff like that like it's really interesting um all these interesting sounds just like jammed together to build a whole atmosphere of of tension and of and of um just straight up Clint Eastwood Western beautiful spaghetti Western brilliance and yeah um it's so good yeah Ennio Morricone is up there with the greats of composers and he of course deserves to be there. He's one of the best composers of all time. Did you do? Do you know about how like uh, he was asked to compose it before they started uh, shooting, uh-huh. and when they were acting to that scene, they had the music playing oh. on set. Uh-huh. So like the you know it's like a five minute like standoff. Everyone's like looking mm-hmm. at each other, for, like five minutes straight. Yeah, they were acting to that music. Beautiful. That is that just makes it fit even yeah. more. It fit with the. I don't think this is this is probably my least favorite movie of my list because I don't love right. the good and the bad the ugly. I watched it maybe I watched it too young and I didn't have the patience for like this like more like slowly Slower, drawn out movie. Western. But um, yeah, I do like the movie, and no matter how you feel about the movie, no matter if you've seen it or not. You, you know the score, and you have to to bow down to the 
to the brilliance that it that it that it the power the power mm-hmm. that's that's the good the bad the ugly what is yours what is yours spencer what hit, is my uh, hit me my with your two. best shot oh boy you're gonna just despise you, you my could soul say anything anymore. right now and it'll be it'll be fine I, i'm prepared for anything i haven't I have another bait and switch. Another, another. Ooh, ooh. What? What's he doing? What's? Where is he going with mm-hmm. this? Cause, I was I was gonna say the first Harry Potter movie. Oh yeah. But uh, scrap that noise. We're going with Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, the fourth one, composed by Patrick Doyle. Holy. Okay, the first, the original score is great. I, I'm not gonna say it's not. It's fantastic. I think it was it was it John. It Williams was John or? Williams. I was gonna put it on my list, but I was like, I was like JW. I gotta spread the love around. Please forgive me. Gotta, gotta exactly. We gotta. We can't. Like you said, that's he could have an episode. He, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, and I love him and like you said i kind of wanted to spread the love around so i took a look at the fourth uh film composed by patrick doyle and what i find interesting is this series had a lot of different directors um and a lot of different tones because every director kind of brought their own thing to it it started off really like all the colors were warm and uh like it was a lot of like oranges and yellows and just Um, warmth and then like it, the color slowly is actually drained visually out of the series. As a good, that's not a diss. That's just what they chose mm-hmm. to do. Um, and by the fourth one, uh, instead of having this like really um, whimsical score that John Williams accompanied for the first one, they took kind of what he did and made it almost like um, a dark Christmas thing to it. I don't know how to explain it. But um, it's so it's so good. Like they take the Harry Potter theme song, which I think is the only piece of music to appear in every single one. Hedwig's theme. Um, they even switch that up. Like it starts and like they're playing it on like this kind of like old violin, and you're like, oh, like it just sounds kind of eclectic and different. And the whole thing kind of has this like Celtic vibe to it, and I think it's brilliant. And then they have um, a lot of time with this movie in particular, they're dealing with um the the kids are dealing with like kind of more like love high school girl boy stuff with the winter formal and all that and they take that and they like make these themes like they make this like waltz theme like harry potter's waltz they make that and it's so pretty um they just have like so many like pieces throughout this film and i think it just like accents it so incredibly um, if you wanted to listen to some tracks off here, because I, I wrote some down uh, just in case you want to take a look. Oh, you know what? You probably don't because you're not crazy. But um, Harry in Winter, beautiful. Neville's Waltz, also beautiful. Uh, the story continues. It's kind of like their take on the Harry Potter theme. Uh, brilliant. Uh, the Quidditch Cup is, is interesting. I like theirs. Uh, they also have like uh, themes for each one of the uh, the schools that comes in. Uh, yeah, so like that's cool. And uh, yeah, the whole thing they have 
a Voldemort theme song in here. It's it's just it's really good. And when I was reading the books as a kid, uh, this is kind of like the sound. I like to listen to soundtracks as I read, and I listened to this one while I was reading the books. So oh. yeah, that's uh that's my that's number. Awesome. That's my number two. All right. Oh, I was thinking of putting Harry Potter on here, and then I was like. As I said before, spread the love around, and I just, I just think spread that the, love. the, the JW that I have on here is the more iconic one. I think, I think we both know where this is going because I think, uh, I think we have, I hope we have the same number one. Yeah. Oh, and um, as you were talking, like the, I totally agree with the whole like it, the dr- the color was kind of drained out of it. I think it kind of like popped a little <laughs> back in with the with um. Or the Phoenix and um, what was the other one? Gobble of Fire. I think the color popped back. Order, yeah, Order. Order the Phoenix has um. Kind of, oh gosh, her name just like escaped me for some reason. Uh, evil lady, mm-hmm. pink lady, pink lady, <laughs> the lady in pink. What's her uh, name again? Dolores Umbridge. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Umbridge. Um, I don't know why I forgot that. Um, yeah, she has like her own colors, and like you said, Goblet of Fire has some mm-hmm. interesting, but I think the color really like went away in the third one, which is funny enough, my favorite one. Yeah. Um, they like it's all very kind of a blue yeah. tint, which is what a lot of like CW shows are doing now, and like Titans yeah. and stuff, but it kind of took it out and then ordered the Phoenix sprinkled, sprinkled a little back mm-hmm. in. Um, the us, um. What was it? Was it a I almost said escape from Alcatraz. Escape from Azkaban. Azkaban, yeah. the um, third one. That yeah. was directed by um Alfredo Calzone. Yeah. Al- he really brought his style that I mean Alfonso Calzone. Um, yeah. Alfonso Calzone. Oh, did you say Caron. did you say Alfredo? Alfonso Caron. Did you say Alfredo? I said Alfredo Calzone. I didn't notice. I didn't notice. <laughs> I was like, I think I, I expected what you were going to say, and my mind took what you said and mm-hmm. made it correct. And then I was like, wait a minute, you just say Alfred. Yeah. Um, and the first one was directed by um, Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus, who, yeah. I think, wasn't the second one directed I by him so. as well? Um, who yeah. directed another movie that had a John Williams score. Um. That is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. Gotta love Home Alone. Oh my god. So but anyway, so we good. have sidetracked a little bit. But let's get we have number one. Oh, you know what time it is, right? The song? You wanna come oh. I totally forgot about the song. Lead Shall us we? in. Lead us in, Spencer. Number one. Number one, these shoulders like this. Ooh, ooh, these shoulders like this. Do you show like that? Ooh, dude, these shoulders, shoulders like... like that. Oh, he's doing the shoulders like that. Ooh, ooh. All right. Ooh. Okay. Do not disappoint me now, Spencer. Should we say it together? Yes. Okay. Three. Two. One Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. It's we all knew. We, we knew this was coming. I I I sensed it. I sensed it in the force. You you had not put a JW on there and I was like where what what yeah. JW shall he pick for his number one? I was trying to spread like you said, I was trying to like make sure I didn't have like two of the same one by like the same composer, so I was trying to even out the cake. And I was like, this is I knew this was my favorite. Like I I, I couldn't even dispute. Yeah. I, I, I tried to I tried to only keep it to one JW, but It's hard. It's very hard. And it feels very good abbreviating his name, by the way. Just doing the initials. Oh. It feels very yeah. It feels, it feels very nice coming out of my mouth. JW? Yeah, JW. Um but Star Wars. Star, Star Wars. Wars There's so many iconic things from Star Wars. But probably the most iconic is the score. Yep. Like it it's it's quintessential. It's again a whole section of society has been taken up by the score, the um, the characters, the the lines. Before I even watched the original trilogy, I knew I no was the official quote is no, I am your father. But <laughs> everybody says Luke, I am your father. Yeah, it's no. And why does everyone say Luke? Because because without without that, they gotta make sure they know what they're talking about. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I see your point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You preface it with the character's name and everyone else. Yeah. Um, It's such an iconic piece in pop culture. And to me, like, the theme encapsulates what it is at its core. Really, Star Wars is a fairy tale. Yes. Think about it. They said it in space. But mm-hmm. if you put that in, like, medieval times, it's a fairy tale. It is. What it is. And... The music, like, it's like, hey, this sounds kind of like, like, it kind of has that, like, Star Trek in space, but it also has, like, this is a fairy tale. And I think it's so cool that it captures that. Um, Jeez, uh, like, what do you say about this? It's it's incredible. It's mythical. It's um, mythical. It's Monday. It's Monday. Um, it's, a, it's a manic Monday. <laughs> yes. Um. It is not Monday, actually. It's Sunday, but anyway. No, it's, um, <laughs> well, they don't know that. You, did, you just ruined it. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, <laughs> but the even like the little light motifs, everything. John Williams does light motifs so well. He f- puts a piece of music to a character, to a place, beautifully, to an object, beautifully. What's your What's your favorite light motif in the Star Wars? Well, uh, the Darth Vader one is, of course, like Darth Vader. Menacing. The, the Imperial March. Imperial. The Imperial March. Yeah. Yeah. It's just menacing and beautiful and dreadful and just <laughs> everything it needs to be. Um, I thought you were gonna say the Cantina. The Cantina. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Darth Vader one is like so. It's it just like builds up the idea of dread. Yeah. 
Um, it's so it's so good, and so good. the one for like the actual the the force. Like that's my favorite light motif of the series. Yeah, where it's that light little. Um, it's the it has that hints of the main like bombastic. Yeah. Theme, but just like yeah. toned down to a level where it's like mysterious and haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. It's him so looking good. at the two two sons. It's with everything. I think um, what I love I love that. That's my favorite light motif from the series, but. They did something in one of like the trailers for the the most recent trilogy where they took that and made it like this like epic version. Mm-hmm. And I think they may have like remixed it with the Imperial March itself. I think it was, maybe it was Rogue One they did that. But it was like I thought that was such a smart idea. But yeah, it's like this this series has the light mo- like it has the you know the the Han and Leia and kind of like Luke's light motif and mm-hmm. like just all these little little trinkets scattered around. Mm-hmm. And then they all seem to be like a part of the main theme. Like mm-hmm. if you listen closely, there's parts where you like hear those. It's just, it's incredible. It, there's all these like little echoes throughout of just like that just connect each other so beautifully and it yeah it's amazing i can't i looking back and watching these films you can't believe that they've they were made can't believe that they were as magical as they were yeah they truly captured a magic that i don't think i don't think we've seen in cinema for 20 years. What was the last... What was the 20 years ago? What what did they capture then? Well, I don't know. They, there was some stuff in the <laughs> that had some magic. But, you know... To, to me, the closest thing um, I've seen to that feeling um, in both tone, movie, and music... Mm-hmm. Um, the closest. I'm not saying it is that. But um, in Avengers Endgame, that, that thing where, like, Cap standing there and like the shield's broken. Spoilers, but I assume you've seen that by now. Um, he's standing like Thanos, like broke a shield, and like you see the big army, and everyone's like, "We're gonna screw you up, man. Your ass is mine." Okay, well they don't say that, but yeah. they feel it inside of themselves. And he's standing there like, "Oh, what am I gonna do? Oh, I don't know." And then like the portals theme starts up, and like everyone starts coming out. And then, like, the music just builds up. That's the closest I felt to, like, the magic of Star Wars. And yeah. uh, it's it's actually making me teary just, just thinking about the, uh, the Avengers Assemble thing. Oh, man. Oh. That, that, oh. Was pretty, that was pretty magical. That was a pretty movie magic moment right there. That That's, like, to that degree, because Star Wars is, like, this big epic. Like, I'm saying in, like, epic sense. Like, the moment of, like, wow. Like, I am so invested in what's happening. I think that's the closest thing I've seen um, um, since Star Wars. Another movie that gave me some magic in the in this 
decade in this last decade is Mad Max Fury Road. That's one that gave me a little. Oh, Junkie XL. Oh, man. It's magic right there. So good. So mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah. Are you talking about musically or just the film? Oh, just the film. Because Star Wars is... There's these movies that you watch and everything just comes together so beautifully that it just... Yeah. It just makes your heart explode with with magic fairy dust of of movie magic yeah it's it's the stuff that makes you believe what you're seeing on screen yeah i mean last year i find last year was a crazy good year for film Mm -hmm. to me um just thinking about what came out that was what an incredible year and uh, Joker's ending, which is a score that almost made it in my top five because I really like uh, the score in Joker. It is a good score. Um, but uh, just kind of like the, the culminating moment when he, again, spoilers, but why haven't you seen Joker? It's your fault. You. It's you, sir. It's you. Don't look at me. Go watch it and stop being a poo. But yeah, Joker. Um, it's like he gets when he gets on the car or whatever, and like all the people are there, and he like does the smile with the with the blood. I was like, that's one. It's it's not quite as epic as like any of the things we're talking about because it's it's just does it's not that type of movie. But it's one of those moments where I I was like I'm invested in what's happening right now. Like I'm I'm in it. Hmm. Cool man. Cool. Yeah. Those hers. 10 score well nine scores nine scores nine scores that knocked our socks off knocked him off clean sucked him up what about you guys i hope you enjoyed i hope you liked the the scores that we laid out for you um and i if if you didn't if your scores we didn't talk about today, then that's all right. We I had some honorable mentions. I gotta say, I had Indiana Jones. Ah, uh, yeah, again, but J J W. Yeah, I. That was very close. That was at one. Point, that was very- at one point. That was my number two, but then I was like, Oh wow, it fell off. <laughs> it fell off because I was like, yeah. I can't have. Can I? I wasn't sure if I could have Indiana Jones and Star Wars on on the list because, um, although they are very different, they evoke that same sense of magic to me. And yeah, I had to. There's I had to pick the the magic of Star Wars over the magic of Indiana Jones. There's an there's an era of film that I feel like is. Is almost gone. Like, I don't know, but I, I've recently rewatched the Indiana Jones uh, trilogy. I'm not including the fourth one because um, Swinging Monkeys. But um, there's just like this, this sense of magic that I feel is kind of gone in cinema a little bit. Like, the, just that era had like this. You had that. You had Star Wars. You had Back to the Future. You had Jaws. I know I'm kind of like talking about 
those are all kind of from the same three directors. Mm. Um, but there's just like this kind of this era where it's like the magic is kind of it's all about kind of realism a little bit more now I think in film mm-hmm. it's, it's less about kind of fun you know like there's this sense of fun which like not everything needed an explanation back then like why is a 17 year old kid hanging out with Doc Brown who's like 60 who cares it's fun the movie's fun and then you just watch the movie like there's a, kind of a sense of like everything has to be explained now it's mm-hmm. like yeah just have fun um yeah it's there's hasn't been like an original property that's come in and like i think the the only director that's really doing original properties the same way that the the same with the same passion and zest and zest that steven spielberg and um did back back in the day is probably probably chris nolan christopher nolan yeah with like inception that's probably the last like original movie that i can think of that really that gave me some magic gave me gave me some magic it it gave me magic like the thing is um this isn't a crystal and just either because i think he's freaking fantastic what i what i like to see is the evolution of like how he shot his films mm-hmm. like the first few he he did were pretty simple including batman begins and I think with Dark Knight, he started expanding like what you can do visually to a story. And by Inception, he just had it. And to me, like it's magical, but it's magical in a new way. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of his movies, Chris Nolan loves some exposition. He loves to explain oh, stuff. Yeah. The the difference is he explains stuff creatively. Mm-hmm. And usually through montage, which is which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I said, there's just like this kind of thing going. Like, if he did Back to the Future, there'd be a lot more focus on like how and why the time travel is happening and what what's making. You know what I mean? When like Back Back to the Future, it's just like it's happening. Accept it. Like, <laughs> and it's so good that it's like it's okay. We don't. Not everything has to be explained to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that side of cinema is missing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Damn. Attack. Good scores. Good scores, my dude. Um, Good scores. Do you have any honorable, other honorable mentions that you wanted to mention? What honorable mentions that you want to mention? Any honorable mentions that I wanted to mention? Um... Just all the John Williams, like every every single one, every last Home, John Williams. Home Alone, one. Jurassic Park, um, <laughs> E.T. 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 I didn't even. Ah, uh, the piano and like the that's the, oh man, the E.T. score is so good. Like they remember they do like the piano thing where it's like the ET theme, but it's on this like twinkling piano going back mm-hmm. and forth, and then it slowly goes into like the strings going like, and they're like going like that's so good. Oh man, John Williams is one talented guy. Um, Superman, Superman, Batman, Dark Batman. Dark. Oh, remember I thought you I thought you were going through John Williams scores, and I was like, I think you're mistaken. Like I, you're like. 
Batman. Not dark. Now I'm going into that's not him. Now I'm going into Danny Elfman's Batman score to Hans Zimmer's The Dark Knight score. Um, Do you think? Oh, I have a question, Carson. Elfman's Batman or or Hans Zimmer's Dark Knight? Oh, oh, oh. Danny Elfman. I think. I think that's a hard. That's a Sophie's choice right there. That is a Sophie's choice. Um, what's funny about Elfman's score is uh, the animated series kind of built upon what Elfman did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley Walker is the composer, and uh, the Mask of the Phantasm movie, which is one of my favorite Batman movies. Um, Batman movie. Um, they build upon it, but it's like it's. Such a slower version. I love her version, actually, just as much as I love Elfman's. Oh. It's like this, like, slow, brooding, like, operatic, swirling version of, like, Elfman's. And it just sounds like so much, like, like, it's 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 more impactful. Because it sounds like Batman's, like, trudging through something. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's like, ugh, we're doing, Jesus Christ. Like, it what? sounds like he's getting there. What's some of your honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. I love Interstellar's actually. Really like Interstellar. That's good. Cool. Um, I think I've already mentioned that I'd probably put Joker in my honorable mentions. I fe- I think it's yeah. too hasn't been enough time for me to really let that let that sink in. But uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah, um, supported by. The Huey Lewis and the News. Huey Lewis. <laughs> don't take fame. Don't need a credit card to ride this train. Oh yeah. Um. Um. You know what? Some of the up from Pixar. Oh yeah. Toy Story. Such a good story. Toy, Toy Story. Story. He saw Toy Story. Yeah. Um. What was the other one? Uh. The Daft Punk's score for Tron Legacy. Tron, Tron Legacy. I knew it. That was in my that was in my honorable mentions too. It was on my list at the number five spot oh. a little bit. Yeah. Um. And that one by Junkie XL for Wonder Woman. Do 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 do. What a dope piece of music that was. That was awesome. That's that was my single-handed favorite scene from BVS just because that that uh that that score banging score that banger that that's a that's a superhero banger right mm-hmm. should we um oh you know what the social network the social network oh yeah uh that's cool the score from that is really good too it it makes it it gives it this like very like this is an epic drama feel because of that feeling that this is yeah. like Shakespeare modern day. Exactly. Exactly. Shakespeare modern day. Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, let's go. Kind of like Jenny's theme in that song is, is really good, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I don't know. I think you could go on forever. We, we can really just, just, we can just so go much. on for hours. But I think 
we should probably cut it short because I feel like anyone who was listening doesn't love us anymore. Yeah, I, and I uh, think this is we've, it. We've stuck to to yeah, to cut the umbilical cord. Time. Cut the umbilical. Where do you, where do you guys listen to this? Do you, do you go on runs? Do you sit in the backyard? Do you do you listen because you're one of our friends slash family and you feel obligated Maybe. to? And if you don't, we'll we'll judge you and bring it up in twenty years at a family reunion when we're famous and don't give you any money. Is that is that where you listen? <laughs> oh, quick shout out to my mom and dad. It's their anniversary today. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! At the um, yeah. to the Fleming. to the to the Flemings at the, the foot the foot end of this episode. Okay, I think with that, I think that's the perfect time to say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Sound of music. That's another one oh, yeah. that you could. All right. You have been listening to Babylon with the boys. I'm Karst Gervais, and I'm here to remind you to go follow us on Instagram at Babylon with the boys with the with the with the with the capital Z. And I'm Spencer Fleming. And what it all comes down to, ooh, is I got one hand in my pocket and the other hand on this. Because that's the end of the episode, folks. That's all, folks. Stay spicy. Keep it, keep it spicy. Oh, sorry. Keep aside. How do I? You know what? That's why you always say it because I'm a waste of skin. You you say what? <laughs> but you say you say it doesn't it matter how we say it. It's just... No, no, you say it, and then I'll do my spicy because you know that's yeah. keep it spicy. Spicy.